Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast, your home for deer hunting news, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Mark Kenyon. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kenyon. This is episode number 205. And today in the show, we are podcasting from Iowa in our 2018 shed camp. And in this one, we recap the highlights of our epic shed hunting weekend. We hear about a few of the crew's 2017 hunting seasons, and we laugh a lot. All right, folks, welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast brought to you by Sitka Gear. And as I just mentioned, today's podcast was recorded from our 2018 Iowa Shed Camp this past weekend. And joining me in it are my hunting buddies, Peter Lynch and Ross Hausman, who you've heard on the podcast before, and my good pal and founder of Huntera Maps, Ben Harshine. But before we get to the contents of this week's episode, I want to drop a quick announcement here. If you're listening to this right around the time this podcast launched, um, I've got some quick news to share. This Saturday, March 17th, 2018, I'm going to be recording a live podcast at the Ohio Deer and Turkey Expo in Columbus, Ohio from 3 to 5 p.m. at the Sitka Gear booth. So that's this Saturday, March 17th, 2018 at the Ohio Deer and Turkey Expo at the Sitka Gear booth. And the plan is to have a panel of guests for that podcast, including guys like Adam Hayes, Ben Rising, John Eberhardt, and probably a few more. And we're going to have free beer. You heard that right. We're going to have free beer. We're going to have a bunch of giveaways for some awesome Sitka gear. Um, we're going to have time for some Q&A. And it's just going to be a really good, good time. So be there if you can. Like I said, 3 to 5 p.m. at the Sitka Gear booth. That's March 17th, 2018. Um, and this is in Columbus, Ohio. And if that's not enough, the party is going to continue after that at the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers Pint Night happening that night at Wolf's Ridge Brewing, which is also in Columbus, Ohio. And that's going to be from 6 to 10 p.m. And there, you know, we're going to have a bunch of fellow hunters and anglers getting together for a good time. There's going to be some raffles, I hear, for more Sitka gear, uh, some auctions, maybe even some more free swag. And, uh, you know, the chance to get some good beer and good food and talk hunting with a bunch of buddies, uh, myself, some of my friends from Sitka gear, and who knows what else. I just know it's going to be a really good time. So, again, it's going to be a blast, and I hope to see you all there. And now for this podcast itself, as I mentioned earlier, this is just a really, really fun podcast. Um, it's more or less just a big BS session, but man, did we have a blast. We talked through the shed hunting weekend. We told a lot of funny stories, and then we moved into the 2017 hunting season for each of these guys too. So we dissect some of their successes. We discuss some of the mistakes. Uh, we dive down all sorts of weird rabbit holes too. So if you're in a mood for a good laugh and some hunting camp vibes, I think you're really going to enjoy this one. So let's pause briefly for our Sitka Gear story of the day, and then we'll get right into the main event. I hope you guys enjoy this one as much as we did recording it, because, man, it was an absolute blast. For this week's Sitka story, we're joined by Chase Rutherford, who tells us about getting to tag along on a bighorn hunt. Um, it was a 10-day hunt. Um, I was filming Patrick Scroggin um, on his Rocky Mountain bighorn hunt in Wyoming. Um, Patrick was in the army, he lost his leg in a helicopter crash. So it was a very tough hunt for him. Um, but we rode in nine and a half hours into the coolest terrain, um, in the thoroughfare, which is the most remote 
the most remote place in the lower 48. We had hunted every day for four days, and we ended up seeing some rams. Patrick ended up missing one. It was uh, an emotional day, but we kept pushing. And on the eighth day, we uh, set out at 2 a.m. in the morning and headed up straight up this crazy mountainside. Our horses were slipping, and it was crazy with the possibilities of dying. Um, we finally got to the top, and just as the light hit the top of the mountain, the ram uh, showed itself. And that's when uh, Patrick got off the horse, and we were able to crawl up, and he made a 350-yard shot. Um, it was really emotional seeing Patrick accomplish this hunt. It's something I'll never forget. On Chase's hunt, he was wearing Sitka's jet stream jacket. If you'd like to create a Sitka story of your own, or to learn more about Sitka's technical hunting apparel, visit SitkaGear.com. What are we going to talk about? I assumed we would talk about what we've just been doing, just chiropractic, <laughs> chiropractic best practices, right? Yeah. Does your uh, tracker track how long... Uh, Emotion, so things sat still. Like what? time, because there was you a certain mean, amount um, of time when we were not walking because we didn't find anything, so we sat down by the creek. Oh, does by the, the GPS tracker oh, the on mobile, mobile map. map? Yeah, yeah, that would be pretty slick. <laughs> yeah, we were walking the whole time. Well, according to this, you guys were sitting on your ass <laughs> a few minutes at a time. Yeah. So. We're recording a podcast now. Oh, we are. Welcome to the Wired Hunt Podcast, brought to you by Sitka Gear. And what we're talking about is the Iowa Shed Camp of 2018 for Shed Rally. We're down here in an unknown region of Iowa. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we've got Ross Hossman. 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 Ross Haas is here with we us. We do this every time. Uh, we have Peter Lynch. Yes. He's uh, chiropractor number two. Chiropractor number one was Ross Haasman. Chiropractor number <laughs> two was Peter Lynch. And that's not all of them. And, yeah, we lost Corky. Yes. We lost Corky. And then we also have Ben Harshan. Who was I'm a the chiropractic the recipient. Yeah. That was like my tip for hosting do you, you guys. Want, on do you want to describe what just happened here? So obviously in the presence of some fine chiropractors here, and I'd just been thinking all day, man, I got to get adjusted again. And wouldn't you know, come in here and I feel great. I think my cold is gone because of you. <laughs> well, he's, he's like, <laughs> And I literally just scheduled, right? I, yeah. just, I just scheduled uh, my first. So there we go. <laughs> yep. yep. Now I want to give you guys a chance. Do either one of you want to promote your chiropractic practices to the fellow Iowa residents? This is your one and only chance. Uh, yeah, why not? <laughs> this is the biggest podcast in the world. So we'll do uh, Dubuque, Iowa, Tri-States Chiropractic, Dr. Peter Lynch. All right, there Thanks, you go. Thanks, Mark. Yeah. Ross, is, he's like, nope. <laughs> You're a man of humility. Come on. He doesn't want That's people. Right. He doesn't want people to look him up and where he hunts. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. Yeah. Too much info. So we're down here in Iowa shed hunting. It's shed rally, and Ben, the founder of Huntero, and a whitetail properties land specialist as well, was so very very kind to host us on his property. Extremely grateful. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. That was pretty yep, incredible. Was Thank you guys for coming thanks, down. Yeah, thanks for letting us come down. Yeah, so we spent the day shed hunting. We did a lot of walking. It was a it was a fun day. So I thought uh, 
I thought since some of us are still here together, we could drink some beer and coffee and talk about the day, talk about shed rally, talk about the shed hunting, and then maybe catch up a little bit on how everyone's seasons went too, since none of you guys have been on the podcast. You've all been on the podcast before. Mm -hmm. Yes. But none of you have been on since this last season, so no one knows what happened. So, Ben, do you want to talk a little bit about – We've talked about Shed Rally a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, what, what what was the gist? Yeah, from some people may not have followed today. today, you know. Yeah, so what was this about? Shed Rally is the uh, the world's largest shed hunt where anybody that wants to go on a scavenger hunt and find uh, antlers, you know, whitetails cast their antlers every winter, um, and you go in and look for them. And uh, it doesn't matter if you know you're a you're a, a seasoned hunter. Or you've got people that never intend on killing an animal, but they still want to get out and enjoy Mother Nature. I mean, you know, we've had we had several people with us today that they don't ever want to hunt, but they really enjoyed themselves. So that's what Shed Rally is all about. Uh, it's been it was a campaign originally created uh, by Whitetail Properties, and uh, uh, the idea is to you know get get out there, um, you know, enjoy creation, and use uh, the hashtag as you're posting on social media, whether it's, you know, Facebook or, or Instagram, hashtag shed rally, all your pictures. And it's just, uh, it's just a, a big event for camaraderie and, uh, to celebrate the animal that we all love, you know, and I guess it's, you know, not even just whitetails, I mean, mule deer too, and elk yeah. and whatnot. I saw a lot of elk sheds actually today really? on social media that's too. Cool. So, um, yeah, that's, that's what it was all about. And I decided, uh, Hey, why don't, um, we just get a big party together and go hit this this new farm that I've access to, you know, and that was, uh, man, we had a great day. Started a little slow, right? Yeah. A little well, slow. I was worried. Uh, yesterday, we were walking somewhere, and the three of me, Ross, Peter, and Corey, and uh, Adam was with us at one point. Kendall stopped by, too. Kendall was with us for a little bit, yeah. and um, we didn't find a single thing. So we started worrying, if this doesn't go any better, we're going to have to call this friend rally instead yeah. of shed rally. And <laughs> just give me a bunch of pictures of us high-fiving and hugging, and this is a good time, having friends. But luckily uh, luckily, some sheds got involved today, too. Yeah. So uh, how, well, there, was, there was a big group of us. There was, there was 12, right? 12? I think there yeah. was 12, yeah, including Jack. He was the youngest one. My, yeah, my boy awesome. was two years old on his first shed hunt. So, um. We we had a great tribe. You guys came down, and and uh, uh, Dan, you know, Dan was there. He brought Sarah. Mm-hmm. Um, he bailed on us for the podcast. Yeah, man, that guy's busy. He is. <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of a big deal. Yeah, he's. But at he's, least he got to he walk big, a little he, bit. He, he big leagued us, you know. Yeah. Big leagued us, yeah. but no, we uh, um, we started the day off. We all got together and we rallied it up on top of this big this big ridge. So we were hunting. Basically, this farm lays out as a it, it's a it's a big farm, but there's a lot farm, a lot of corn. There's a lot of tillable ground on it. So we got up on top of this ridge today, was on the cornfield and rallied and had some donuts and laid the map out and uh, made a game plan. Kind of zoned it out. I think we had three teams. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Three teams. We all scattered out and uh, um, we didn't. Uh, we covered some pretty good ground until we found that first one, which was you. You broke the ice. Yep. And then soon after, Ryan, yeah, matched it up. Yeah, so we we walked a lot of good looking stuff. We walked that yeah. big ridge top down, then we went to the bottom, walked a bunch of grassy terraces and buffer strips, and I kept thinking, man, we were seeing a lot of sign. There was 
saw some poopies. And we were all over edge. Um, you know, we were just walking all kinds of edge, yep. thick stuff where it transitions from, you know, your classic timber. Then you've got a bunch of regrowth and grasses, and then you've got your, your crop fields. And, and a lot of times those deer, as they're browsing overnight, they'll go in, in the field for a little while and eat and then go and lay down on those buffer strips. And yep. they'll come back in. And a lot of times that's where you find your sheds, right? We cover yeah. a good bit of that today until we found our first one. Yeah. So um, that that first one, yeah, was uh, that was the icebreaker though. Yeah, we I was, we you know when you when you, when you've got such a big group, lots of times we have to kind of plan it out. Okay, you take this line, you take that line, you take that line. Otherwise, it'd just be a mess of people scrambling around. So, you had Jack on your back, so you kind of took the top of the field, and so my line was I was going to walk just inside or just outside the edge of all these points that were coming out. And just it was almost if you took your fingers and stuck four fingers mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Um, parallel. That's kind of what this field and finger structure looked like. So I was walking all these edges, and um, I don't know, the third or fourth one, at the very end of the finger of corn, there was a little strip of grass before you dropped down to the timber. And sitting right there, times up, was that beautiful crown. Nice. Nice, fresh, four-point side. Excuse me, not long after that. Moments, almost. You could hear Ryan making some noise down in the timber, and so I started heading that direction to see what was going on, and he'd found a shed. Mm-hmm. So I walked down there, and maybe it was 100 yards down the point, and um, he pulled out of this little ditch the other side. Yep. So within a couple of minutes, we found both sides right there, not 100 parts yeah. apart, and 100 yards. And yeah, right before, and right before, then we headed into lunch on uh, on a high note, right? We all we rallied, rallied back together for lunch. We had a good spread, and... Uh, Thank you, know. you for uh, also <laughs> yeah. for the food for your oh, wife and you yeah. bringing all that. She just enjoys doing that. Sorts you know? of goodies. She loves hosting people and making feel, people feel good. You know, so she did a good job. Yeah, thank you. Um, and Dan's wife found one too. Yeah, D- yeah. So Sarah found field edge. The she other one on a field edge. Stuff. So that was three we had before lunch. Yep. Before lunch, we all oh. got back together. What uh, kind of acreage did we cover in that? God, we covered a lot. I think we walked. I had. <clears throat> I wasn't walking as much as. I know Mark was. Um, I think I had three miles on the mobile map around lunchtime, yeah. about about three miles, yeah. and you guys might have covered We're covered more. Two point six, according to that feature on your. Do you want to describe that's kind of a cool? Feature. That was actually cool. Yeah. yeah so uh, we're talking about the Huntera mobile map. Um, it's the Huntera that you you know a lot of people know of is the 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 Terra image, the aerial photography and the 3D terrain model that we put together so you can see all the natural rises and falls in the terrain of your ground. We translate that from the printed map into the mobile map. And it's an application, it's a third-party application you load into there, but one of the features is uh, it has GPS tracking, so it simply tracks where you walk. And it can tell you, um, it's really precise, but it also tells you the distance too. So mm-hmm. that's just, uh, it's a phenomenal tool. We, we all were running it in our crew today. So we got to see where we covered and where we didn't. And I mean, that can be great for shed hunting, but that can also be good for, you know, if you're tracking a deer too, Yeah, you know, so mm-hmm. you've always, like, I've heard you talk about that and say that I never used that feature of it before, or I never really u- realized the utility of it until today. And I, when I could actually look and see where we really walked, that was, that was really cool. Pretty to cool. Yeah. Visualize that to really mm-hmm. see that representation. Um, I really like that. So I think from, from now on, whenever I shed hunt, yeah, I thought that yeah. was it's a great sweet. way to just know what you covered, where you went, see how far mm-hmm. you went. We always talk. Oh, I bet you we walked five miles. Today. Right. I bet we walked ten miles. Well, <laughs> yeah. now we can see exactly. 
Yeah. Um, um, that was cool. And then I was, you know, you can drop pins too. So I was marking where, you know, some of these big hub scrapes were mm-hmm. and some good signs, some good crossings and whatnot. Still trying to learn the farm because yeah. we don't know too much about it, to be honest with you. So that's what was fun today because, you know, we didn't find a lot of sheds in the beginning, but we're able to get you information. Absolutely. Which you'll appreciate down the road. So, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. guys all came to me and said, man, you got to check this one spot out. Big beds here. And this is why I think he's bedding here. Rubs, scrapes, stamps, locations. I mean, it was awesome. That's nice. what it's all about, right? We're all getting together and just, you know, sharing each other's wisdom. And uh, we had a hell of a time today. Yeah, we did. I should have sent you the well, video. Peter sent me a video of Corey oh, explaining, um, expla- yeah. giving us scouting tips. They were talking through what, what, what were you guys describing? Just the, the, the wow. rubs. How about the rub? Oh, that was yeah. awesome, too. That was awesome. Corey just, he's pretty, what he thinks, it's like a buck. And uh, we found these. Who's Corey, by the way? Corey. I mean, Coco. Cor- Corky. Corky, yeah. Coco. <laughs> Corky. <laughs> there was these rubs in a ditch, and it made no sense why the deer would go down there. It was so. down in, like, a steep, skinny ditch, like, in yeah. between these two beds right here. Yeah. You, you know, like this, it, pile, this, this cluster of rubs. And then another 20 feet, you could walk around on the grass, and it didn't make any sense why. So I'll let you finish the story of what Corey said. Oh, well, yeah, he was, he basically, you know, his, his thoughts were um, this deer's – uh, you know, he, he's, he's, uh, you know, there's some, probably some does out in the crop fields and, and one of them, maybe a couple of them are, are, uh, getting ready to, to come and heap it. They're not quite ready yet. And he's getting worked yeah, up. Yeah. It's right? probably like early twenties or early twenties of October where these, sure. the deer are starting to. Yeah. And they're starting to rub, you know, and get, get fired up for the rut to come up. And he's just, he's already got the testosterone going through him. And this, you know, Corey described this buck is probably one that, you know, is probably pretty aggressive and, and is, is I'm, I'm just going to drop right down into here right now, you know, and not, not leave this situation. I'll just drop right into this ditch and rub the nearest trees, you know. And he's got, like, he's frustrated, like, I'm ready to go and the ladies aren't. Yeah. And so I'm just going to hang in this corner right here on the point and, and of that water. And destroy these trees yeah. <laughs> for no good reason. Yeah. And there were old rubs there too. Yeah. Yeah. Really, so that was pretty remarkable. A lot of, I've never a lot seen of, A lot of big rubs on this farm. Yeah. I noticed some big, tr- I should have taken more pictures of them. There was a tree I saw, a big old cedar or something, or a white pine, if maybe. I mean, like a basketball mm-hmm. diameter tree mm-hmm. tore up. Yeah. So there's a, there's some bucks in there, Ben. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, we killed two dandies off of it this past year, and uh, what's really cool is... Big giant bucks. Yeah, nice ones for sure. Um, uh, n- not the one I killed, but uh, another one of our friends we hosted this year... He shot a phenomenal buck on uh, on November seventh, I think it was. We called him the flyer buck, and he literally off his G two on his right side had this big whale tail f- set of flyers coming off, and his G two was forked like a tuning fork. I mean, just a, a lot going on on his right side. Just f- awesome deer, and uh, so he kills this thing, and then we we found the sheds to it. We found the sheds, which would, and we think it wouldn't have been last year's, but maybe the year before. So those yep. things were sitting out there for a year. So. Um, Super cool, definitely him, one hundred percent him with that big split split flyer coming yeah. off, and we're gonna surprise him with, uh, you know, we're gonna surprise him with a with a gift in the mail here once we can get get uh, the tines glued back together. That's gonna be pretty cool. Yeah. So it's funny we were eating lunch, and half the group had to leave. Like Dan and Sarah had to leave soon, and your wife and son, and your your uh, lease partner's wife, Ryan, the other Ryan had to go. And someone says, well, you know how it goes. As soon as we all leave, you guys are going to get into the sheds. When you know it. Mm-hmm. When you know it. So we're, <laughs> Dan and Sarah, we're going to go walk this one area. 
And they had to leave early. So, like, well, we're just going to go over there and we'll walk a little bit and then we're going to go. And then the rest of us were talking about going across the road or, I don't know, somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Kinda so, we all piled into the the four-wheeler mm-hmm. and the UTV. Mm-hmm. And Peter decided to just strap on right on back behind yeah. Ryan on the it's four wheeler. Felt like I was eighteen again, riding on, <laughs> on four wheelers back in Michigan. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. It's crazy. Oh, I thought you were gonna say like you felt like you're eighteen going to prom again. You had your arms around him real tight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, felt good. You know, security. You, know. you guys had a good bonding experience. Oh, Robin's racing. So, <laughs> uh, so we. Uh, I feel a little bad for Dan. Well, let's. Do you feel or no, do we, we not feel bad for Dan? No, well, here's what happened. I was physically there, and he was telling Ryan, "We're going to walk this timber right here." Okay. And where we were wasn't <laughs> really timber, right? True. Right. Yeah. Good point. So I think it all equal so out. So the it all equal out in the end. So, yeah. so uh, Ryan and I just went where he was parked, and we went straight through the corn, headed for some. It's probably not the best ground to walk, you know, like this beautiful prairie grass where the deer are going to lay during the middle of the night while they sure you didn't i wondered like wow where are they going because yeah. i did think we were going across the road and then all of a sudden yeah we made they a start turn turn boom. down and went yeah. towards we said let's go check this different style of ground out that we haven't looked at yet yeah. and man we ran into we've it. had success ross and i in a different part of the country hunting that shit hunting that kind of stuff mm-hmm. like he talked about in the past so well, for strips and waterways, yeah. yeah yeah that's where we yeah. kind of so gravitate. That's where you've got these fields and then you've got these grassy strips waterways yeah. coming down towards the bottoms towards yeah. these big timbered draws mm-hmm. and so we go running towards one of those you're in the four-wheeler we're on the utv behind you yeah and what happened uh he's pull off a little bit 10 feet in and i jump off i look straight down i go g2 he goes kind of looked at me like now <laughs> I go, yeah, G2, about 60 yards. Looks telling me, holy <laughs> explanation. And he's like. I can't believe you saw Yeah, that. I'm like, damn, that's a, that's a big one. Yeah, got some ice today. So, and then within five minutes, we he glassed, tried to find the other one. And he found a smaller one just underneath the tree uh-huh. at the same time. So, so yeah, they're, they're like 30 yards away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, it was fun. So we go running down, and literally it was right where Dan was walking towards. <laughs> I did feel better. Yeah, I looked like, to the right, and here he comes. Here up, Dan, you know? So that's, it was on Dan's path. So I, I took over Corey's job of sniping. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm sure Dan's going to mention you in the yeah, next podcast. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's all right. I adjusted him last time. So That's true. Yeah. You adjusted Dan? Yeah. It okay. Was, it didn't so it's like an initiation. Like I'm part of your guys' yeah, brotherhood. You are right? now yeah. part of it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we have a lot to offer. My neck feels phenomenal yeah. right now. So we yeah. did. I got a good little adjustment there by Ross Haas as well, yeah. and that was that was impressive. Just for you know headaches and shoulder pain. That's not normal. You can get that looked at. You're so saying it's not yeah. normal not for us to normal. be in pain all the time. Yes, mm-hmm. and having headaches all the time. Yep, something can be done. The stress of a, a business owner. Oh yeah. Right? yeah. All, all all adds up into those muscles. Huh? Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. We're gonna work on that. I guess yeah. so. Yeah. It's a work-life balance, Mark. You're right. right? As, as entrepreneurs, we gotta yeah keep things figured out. I guess. But so all chaos broke up. After yeah. You found that which, shit, which was cool. I went down there and kind of did our thing. You know, we couldn't pick it up right away and. All of a sudden, then we found uh, Ryan's other one. All of a sudden, we started. Then once you, but the experience center is like, oh, we're in a, we're in a. This is one what of those are we spots. In? Ross, what kind of spot? Where we're. We better bring the mic up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we're in a glory. What's it oh, called? a glory hole. Yeah, glory yeah hole. Right, it probably was a glory it's hole. A glory hole. That well, is, it could be called that. Yes, that was definitely a glory hole. So Coco, you can see Coco's <laughs> heads perk up. He's like the pace started to quicken. Every, yeah, you get this sh- like this. It's a uh, shed FOMO. 
is what I call it. Yeah. Fear of missing Fear out. Fear of missing out. When, when you know you're in a glory hole, a shed glory hole, all of a sudden you're like, okay, where is it? Where is it? You know it. And so everyone starts <laughs> walking faster. Everyone, nobody takes as much time to take like pictures a of the sheds. <laughs> Yeah, and people just scatter. I just it, it I, was ca- chaos. Yeah, yeah. everyone it was, was incredible. Like, right, well, you we'll ran up the hill and you found one right away. And yeah, then, and then somebody found the match to that. Well, it's funny because we're all surrounding this shed. The you know the first one we found post lunch, and it was a dandy, right? Yeah, we're all surrounding it like this is the first antler we have we've ever seen. Yeah, right? exactly. we're all like <laughs> taking pictures of it close, uh-huh. and it's like I, I, a few autographs went out even. Oh yeah. Crazy. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some chest bumps, you know, and the <laughs> next thing you know, it, we look up and there's another one. And then there's another one, and then we're like, yeah. Then well, everyone's then the race like, is off. Oh, geez, that that's only a thirty so, inch side, you know. Move on to the next one. And Corky took off running because <laughs> he was getting all excited. And then what happened next, Peter? <laughs> well, then, since I found a nice shed, I'm like, well, you know, we're all here to find, so I'm going to go up on the top of the hill, and I, I like, I'll just take a second or two, and I'll just glass the field edges because we're in a hot spot. And nobody likes the corn anyway, so I'll glass, and I'm glassing like thirty yards off Corey's left hand side into the. Like the shorter the grassy strip. Th- yeah, he already the, walked past it though, so it's yeah, fair game. It kinda was. I'm like I'm like in my mind I'm like you know, in your H D binoculars, everything looks huge. I'm like, Oh shit and <laughs> Corey's like <laughs> I can see Corey's like <clears throat> you know, it was so close to him. I, I felt bad for a second. And uh for once. Yeah, I ran up there and it was pretty nice. I, f- I was like on top of the world. That was, that was a nice show. You were on fire, man. Yeah, that was, was a really was good was one. That was a really nice yeah. one. Like, if yeah. it was NBA Jam, you would be... Yeah. He's heating up. Heating yeah. up. <laughs> he's on yeah. fire. Yeah. Yeah. Is it the shoes? I was Bo Jackson in the tech, <laughs> tech Mobile. Yeah. yeah. So, you you found the one from the forward. Then Ryan spotted the small one underneath the tree. Yeah. And then we walked up, and someone found another small one. Did yeah. you see the small one? I think Yeah, I you. found a yeah. little dinker. You the, found the small who one. Who found the match right after that? And then uh, someone found the match. Corey found Corey the match. Corey did. Then he just gave it to you. Yeah, gave it to me. Oh. And well, then, then Corey did find one. Good for Corey him. Corey did find one, yeah. but he gave it up. And then not long after that, you spotted that big one. Yeah. And then did they find another little one over there? And this is all in like a, like a this is hundred ten yard area, ten yeah. hundred yards area. Always yeah. there. Ten minutes. But what's interesting is the two studs that we found, well that you found, we couldn't match them up. Right. No. no. So you they're know? out there somewhere. Yeah, they're 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 out there. Hmm. And then so Dan, he's like, peace out on you guys. Yeah, he's it was like, funny I'm out of here. As we look at, it, I thought he might have went back to his car and they had to leave. Right. And little do we know. They continued on. They continued to. Greener pastures, so yeah. to speak. Oh man! And they ended up picking up four all nice ones. Yeah, that one that Sarah found, I think, is got to be the most genetically superior one. I mean, yeah, it, no more than three. It could have been a two-year-old, and it was a big five-point, big set, right? frame. Yeah, big yeah. four on it. I mean, oh, that was that was that was pretty neat seeing uh, well, we a were, good variety. We were walking know? up from a distance. It was Ross and I, anyway. yeah, no, Ryan was with us, and I thought they were waving seventies around. They looked huge yeah, they from a distance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. They found four good ones, and then we mm-hmm. all kept looking. And then me and Ben, we found the old ones. You found the old flyer one, and I yeah. found a really nice old one. Well, you one ran into that. The first one you ran into was. That was one of the bigger sheds I've ever found. Yeah. I wish awesome. it was fresh. I mean, yeah. for it's some weird, reason. Isn't it weird how if it's not fresh, For it's some not reason, the same. it being old, it just right. feels a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Sub sub whatever it would have been before but still i mean probably a 60 inch side yeah mm-hmm. um but just bleached white you know it's a little bit lighter weight after they've been out there for a while yeah. but still awesome to find that and then not long after that the flyer buck we find mm-hmm. bleached up it was actually thing. cracked like the flyer was broke off of him oh. but it was right there so was that field edge i mean how did it get run over yeah 
Field yeah. edge. Yeah. Yeah, field edge up against the fence, basically, and some grass right there. I don't, I mean, must have dragged, you know, drug some sort of implement across to, mm-hmm. to snap it like that. But it was all still right there, and the and the fracture was like a puzzle piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like a carpenter's router or something. Yeah. You, you know, we're going to be able to get that thing back together. So that That's was just cool. super cool. It's awesome. You know, it's uh, not all the time when you close, you know, you kind of, you kill a buck and then you find his shed afterwards right yeah that's kind of neat yeah that's neat yeah it's pretty wild yeah and then things slowed down right after that though yeah we came, went we across came back the road down. yeah you know, back to reality and we found one more after yeah that? pete oh yeah I peter did. you found, that, found one. that one yeah, yeah. that's gonna be a nice bug that was probably i think it's one and a half split yeah. g2 yeah f- framed up yeah, yeah. I mean, split g2 solid, solid frame uh, yeah oh. yeah split bro wow oh bro or, excuse me bro sorry yeah okay wow yeah. <laughs> way off <laughs> g1 yeah g1 not bad so how many was that 15 sheds 15 total i think mm-hmm. and all in the last three four hours of the day yeah right yep most of them were in like an hour and a half or hour even there's probably. gotta be a few more out there mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah i think there's definitely still more sheds mm-hmm. out there for you guys to find mm-hmm. yeah for sure yeah so it was cool to do that and it, man we just the scouting is just this is just such a great time to go out there all the drab colors of of late winter, um, especially when you get some moisture and, and there's some mud, you know, and these deer trails just stick out like a sore thumb. And you can just get on these things and figure out parts of your property without really affecting it uh, whenever it comes time to hunt. Um, you can do a, so much homework right now. It's, it's the most critical time from a scouting perspective. People have said it before, but today was just a great example. I mean, we really mm-hmm. covered a lot of stuff that we would not even think about walking in yeah. come hunting season. So, Do you feel like you learned some stuff today, even you know, sh- combining shed hunting and scouting? Like you took, you have some takeaways after today's walk and hearing from everyone? Yeah, I mean, from a hunting perspective, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, th- this this farm lays out completely different than the other property I hunt, and the other ones, you know, it's cattle farm. It's got CRP and the cows are pastured in the timber. So it's, you got a different ecosystem there, basic, you know, compared to this composition of this farm. It's classic, brushy, draws, crick bottoms, some hardwood ridges and knolls, and uh, and then a, a ton of crop ground, you know, and it's uh, completely different. So um, something I really keyed in on was where a lot of the, you know, um, uh, kind of in between these fingers where you'd have i don't want to say a transition area but you can kind of tell there's a main trail coming out of the cover and a lot of times you'll find before they hit into the wide open field there will be maybe be a grass patch there just kind of an open area or, or where that edge is is feathered into you know it's not quite pure timber but it's it's still a little bit of cover and just as they're coming out and there's all, almost always a scrape there, you, you know, and that's, that's pretty mm-hmm. cool to remember mm-hmm. down the road to be able to maybe set some cameras and whatnot yep. too. And I picked out a great tree to observe, uh, observation stand, um, with, uh, with Corey when we were heading t- towards you to go, when you picked up that, that, that nice one, mm-hmm. um, we passed a cottonwood that would just be awesome. It'll be on a, uh, anything South or West, but I basically can see that whole face that we walked this morning, our team th- that we walked, you yep. know, that's a lot of ground and, uh, I'll have to get up high, but man, what a great tree I found right there. And I can hopefully use that to learn, you know, early 
in the in the season and figure out what bucks are coming out. This farm will be so good for observation stands, like yeah. the views you have, mm-hmm. especially like this year if it's all planted in beans, like yeah. the velvet footage mm-hmm. and the velvet scouting you're gonna be, ad- be able to do. Will just be yeah primo. Yes, yeah, could be could be pretty good. Then you nice. got those white pines just as you enter. I yeah, thought that that's unique. Mm-hmm. Pretty little section there. Yeah, we, I mean, Ross, how many? Pretty random. We saw quite a few. Uh, oh yeah, that was tore up in there. Yeah, that was super thick. You couldn't even walk. I, did you guys ever walk through that or not? I walked the uh, when we got a hold of that place last year. I walked. It'd be on the west end of it where the creek comes together, and there's a we found a dead cow in there. Oh. Yeah, but um, oh man, what a crossing right there! And it is—it's crazy thick. There's some blowdowns. A lot of signpost rubs. In yeah, there. it's all yeah, tons yeah. of blowdowns. Super thick. Yeah, huge signpost rubs in there. Kind of easy to overlook, maybe you know. Yeah, so it just seems like one of those overlooked areas where you pull your you pull your truck into the property right. and those, he's, he's already that box laying there watching the whole time. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. What it, a tricky spot, man! And it makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. A deer would would mm-hmm. would would hang there and observe. Yeah, it was it was awesome in there. Yeah. So what's the deal with this farm? I mean, when you picked it up, you got, you know, it's a new lease, mm-hmm. and you came into it. When did you when did you figure out you were going to be able to hunt this place last year? Um, I think we walked it in, I want to say, April. So you I didn't know it, I think in the it spring. Was, I think it was in April. Yeah. Excuse me. We got, um, we got to walk it right at the tail end before it got crazy thick. Gotcha. So we did as much scouting as we could, the two of us, on this place. And, and uh, you know, we set cams, but it just wasn't enough cameras to to cover what's there. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, basically we just wanted to, excuse me, use the year to, to observe. And uh, But your first two kills were substantial? Well, yes, <laughs> I was going to ask. <laughs> how did your, your first season on the new property go? Yeah, I killed. Uh, Rumor has it pretty well. R- right. Yeah, man, I was fortunate. Uh, I've been... Uh, I don't want to say snake bit. I've done it to myself, you know, but I've messed up a couple deer since moving here. One in 2015 and one in 2016 just didn't put good enough shots on them to kill them and uh, really started to battle um, some confidence issues, you know. Mm-hmm. So I went back into uh, the drawing board and taught myself, re- tried to reteach myself how to shoot, and I, I switched to a back tension release, and I think that helped me figure out how to execute did you switch shot to that and, just in practice or did you actually use that in the field while hunting while well, hunting i used it in the field as well yeah so I, I ended up getting a couple releases and and uh in running them from february started shooting in february basically and uh, on through and really got comfortable with first the back tension we're getting way off from my season but <laughs> Sorry. this kind of leads into it you know and and uh uh, the back tension was uh a good way for me to execute a shot and follow through and be comfortable with the surprise and not be okay with that pin just floating on the target, you know, floating on the target and not have to be one specific spot and then fire, right. you know? So, right. um, once I got through those, those demons and, and, uh, uh, basically I, you know, pick this farm up and, and it's always nice to have options, but my other farm just does not hunt well with the North wind. I, I can only access it from the North. So I needed to find something where I could have better, longevity throughout the season to be able to hunt so we found this property we can access from all sides and um i hunted i hunted uh let's see i i hunted late october uh two sits two evening sits and then um uh november 2nd would have been my third sit and that's when i went in and and, uh 
uh, I went in and, and hung a stand on a, on a spot of the farm where I knew it would be a good bottleneck, and it was up against some really good cover. You know, we called it the sanctuary, right? And it was an area that was timbered and years ago, and it's just really, really thick. One of the spots that Ryan and I remembered in April. And uh, put on a really good rattling sequence there at 3 o'clock, and I was on the phone with my wife. And uh, she was in Italy, and, and I'm, I'm talking to her on FaceTime, you know. In the stand. Well, in, in the stand, yeah. I, so I rattled, and we haven't we didn't talk for like five days because of the time difference. Uh-huh. So she calls me. I'm like, I, I, I have to answer it, you know. So I'm kind of <laughs> leaning against a tree just looking at her, you know, and we're talking. And and, uh, and about, oh, five, probably five minutes, maybe a little bit more, here he comes out of the, out of the sanctuary. I could just see his crown and his black cap on his forehead. <laughs> And I'm like, I remember telling her, oh, my God, there, here comes a giant. And I, I just stuffed the phone in my pocket. I don't even yeah. know if I hung up on her. I just <laughs> stuffed the phone in my pocket. And uh, He came in. He got behind a tree, and he was kind of looking. You could tell he didn't quite know where I was. So I feel like that rattling sequence brought him. Um, I, I think when I rattled, he was far enough away, or he was out of it enough. Maybe he was just kind of, you know, just chilling during the daytime, but he, he didn't come over right away. So he, he didn't quite pinpoint me. So when he came around and I, a couple more grunts, I mean, that told him right where to go. And uh, I drew on him at about 40 and followed him in and just followed his vitals on with the pin and everything just really slowed down. And it goes back to that kind of reteaching myself to be comfortable with, you know, at the moment of truth and just was thankful I put a good shot on him and, uh, I basically watched him go down, but I didn't quite see it. You know, I, I gave him a couple hours and uh, um, gave him a couple hours and and uh, went went back in and recovered him with my mom and with Jack and and uh, no, I, as soon as I shot him, I called Kate back. I said, "I'm sorry, I hung up on you, but I just put an arrow through a great deer." You know, and and uh, that was a, just a cool moment. So Boy, I imagine that's nice. Yeah, yeah. Is but, that your biggest buck ever? Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yep. He was a stud. Yeah, yeah, he's he's just really cool deer. He's well, a- yeah, describe him. Describe the deer. Uh, fifteen inches wide, pretty tall, mega heavy. You know, just the weight of his antlers in general was um pretty was the most impressive part. Uh, his mainframe, he'd be a mainframe nine, but his his what made him a nine point was a crab clawed four on his left side, which is pretty cool. And it just yeah. kind of went out. It was like a classic curved crab claw, yeah. you know. So as an eight, he, you know, if he was, if he didn't have that as an eight point, he would have been really impressive, right? But you know, he threw a couple kickers and add, added more inches, but um, super heavy. We walked up on him and it was just like, oh my goodness, how are we going to get this thing out of here? And uh, we drug him out and, and uh, uh, the celebration was on, man. It felt How old do you think he was? Um, so... I, without any history with him, I think he was probably six plus. He was just a hog. Wow. You know, he was in, certainly in his prime. Um, the jawbone, on the other hand, I'm not quite sure, um, you know, if, if, like, the jawbone was looking more like four, possibly five, right? But then again, I'm not quite sure how good I am as far as, you know, scoring these these things. Right. And, uh, looking at a ton of jawbones, I don't have much history with. So I'm going to send the teeth in to... Uh, figure out how old he was but he was fully mature and uh just one i was pretty pumped to put my tag around after yeah. you know after congratulations yeah thank you guys thank yeah, you yeah i would say so that's awesome and then you mentioned earlier another mega giant buck was killed on the property yeah so a couple days later friend, right? yeah a couple days later a buddy of ours from michigan came down and uh they were hunting kind of you know off and on throughout the season and 
and uh, he came down and put an arrow through the flyer buck that we uh, we had pictures with in the summertime. Um, and uh, just a cool, like, I think, I guess he'd be, guess he'd be like a mainframe eight, but he had a bunch going on on his two, the flyer and a split and everything. Big flyer. Yeah, yeah, not a little guy for no. sure. So another another really big animal, uh, weight-wise, body-wise. So two, you know, dominant bucks that we killed off that farm. So, I mean, that. Hey, who knows? We might be dealing with a bunch of four-year-olds this coming year, which is still a great problem to have, right? Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Yeah. Based yeah. off of the I sheds we found, I mean, yeah. we found sheds from at least five different bucks that should be four or older this year, right? Mm-hmm. And we know there's probably a lot more. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, and that that's not a that's not a representation of the only things that are living on there throughout the year. I mean, this is a great yeah. rut farm, the way it lays out. It's something from the neighborhood could come scooting through here and there's a lot of bottlenecks in it. So, yeah. uh, hopefully we can have success this coming year. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. shed I found I'm curious to see what that looks like next year, but that was real thick, thick base. Yeah. Good mass. Mm-hmm. I cannot imagine what life would be like hunting a farm with five, four year olds. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but then again, it's a, Right, it's all relative. It is all I mean, relative. It is all relative. Yeah, yes. uh, I'm by no means uh, uh, being jaded by the circumstances of having that, right? But that's not. I mean, that's um, you know, you could be chasing a couple three year olds in in Michigan and be having just as much yeah. uh, of a unique circumstance, you know. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's all it's all it's dependent all, on where you're at, yeah. what you got, yeah. what's going on, yep. having a good time, right? Absolutely. So you talked about this big giant flyer buck. I uh, hear Ross, you've got a story related to something like that. Uh, you want to tell us about your season? Because we we had you on the podcast in fall 2016. We did that uh, analyzing four successful rut hunts. That one podcast where we talked about my kill during the rut. We talked about Dan's kill during the rut. We ca- talked about co- Corky's <laughs> Corky's kill during the rut. <laughs> And we talked about your kill during the rut that year. But we haven't had you on to talk about your 17th season. How'd that go down? It was uh, it was awesome. Awesome year. I, uh, I actually got a chance to kill a big flyer buck myself. Um, Give us the whole history, the story of this deer. Whole history? The whole thing. Uh, so First, what'd you, what'd you name G- this deer? Jim Leahy. And where in the world did yeah, that come from? Uh, trailer Park Boys. I don't know if you've ever seen that. <laughs> no, I haven't. So, um, he's like the trailer park supervisor or whatever okay he's a drunk can i also point um, out i'm sorry i keep interrupting <laughs> your story <laughs> i i love your names for bucks and i really love the fact that you named one of your bucks after my one of my friends from grade school i got a buddy that i've known since the second grade named jason tran <laughs> and, <laughs> and he is not a hunter in any way shape or form but he often he follows my stuff because we're buddies, and he'll often leave random comments that make no sense on stuff. Yeah, that's how I got to know Jason Tran. Right. He doesn't know who I am, no. but I always thought he was funny because of the comments. And <laughs> nice I knew how, how good of a friend he was of yours, so I'm like, oh, that's a good name for him. So you he looks a- like a Jason. Jason Tran fits him. <laughs> that's so awesome. You got a big eight, mega eight-pointer named Jason Tran, you're hunting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, 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 on the, he's the one that I, I want to get next year. That's why I told Were Jason. Were you hunting him last he's year? worried. <laughs> No, Ross, which was awesome for Ross. Wasn't this the first time you said this buck or nothing? Yeah, th- this was the first year that I, yeah, but yeah. you know how that Flyer buck yeah. or nothing? I'm not, well, yeah. well right. that's, what I, that's what I went into the season saying, but awesome. you know, I'm not something, 
but you were going after him. Yeah, I yeah, wanted to. You had a his- history. Yeah. yeah. So sorry. Okay. Go back to your story. The history. It, yeah, it was a, so like a couple of years prior, I was getting pictures of this buck with super potential. He had like all these. He's one of those like young bucks with all those like little sticker points, and he's got like splits, and it's like you know if he get makes it a couple more years, he's gonna be a really great buck. And uh, and I don't know, he, maybe he was maybe he was a huge two year old then. He might have been like a, a just an awesome three year old with a lot of potential. I'm not sure. Um, but then the next year, I started getting pictures um, again, and uh, this year, that year, he had big splits. So he had on the left side, he had big split G2, split G3. On the right side, he had this big inside kicker point. He was just an awesome buck, but he had like, but he was probably like 130s frame with all the that junk. Um, so. Going into the year, I'm like, man, that's a nice buck, but I didn't really want to shoot him. This was but last year. I wanted year. to see him. Yeah, yeah. Or, this sorry, is la- this is last year. Yeah, or two. Yeah, two years yeah, ago. Sixteen. Two thousand sixteen. So there's this uh, on the farm. There's this big, like, primary scrape. All the bucks hit it in October that are in the area. Um, and come like mid October to late October, every single buck in that area hits it, and a lot of bucks, even the mature bucks, will hit it in daylight, even in the mornings. Well. Um, so I went down in there when the conditions were right and I, I got set up, uh, over that scrape and uh, I got a chance to see him and he came in and actually my, my gut instinct when he, when he came in, he was coming in and I'm like, oh, that's a nice buck, but I never even grabbed my bow. Hmm. And then when he got past me, he was like 30 yards broadside and he's going past. I'm like, oh, that's Jim Leahy. And I was like, ooh, maybe. And then I was like, kind of panicking, you know, uh-huh. like maybe I should have grabbed my bow, but I shouldn't have. He, he never like, he, I, he never like got my heart racing or anything, yeah. and, he, and he shouldn't have because at that time, he just wasn't what I wanted to shoot. So, um, so he walked, and then later on that year, I got a chance to see him again, and he was he got into like uh, all uh, I've never seen like I've seen deer sparring, you hear deer sparring, you see it all the time, but never like an all out fight, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that was incredible! And he was going with what other buck? Uh, Kevin Vandeboom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so hey, who just, is that? That's what I'm. Yeah. Like. He's another mega giant. Um, yeah, he's 170 inch, just heavy. Ugh. Yeah, Massive big buck. dog. Yeah. So the flyer bucks going with it. Yeah, you know, going at it with this guy. Yeah. Yeah, whatever this, happened to Vandeboom? Wow, what a courageous. Don't know. He's. I don't know where he is. Don't know. Wish <laughs> I knew. Wow. Um, but yeah, they. It was one of those times you're sitting in the stand. It's a slower than slow, and I don't know if it was mid afternoon or when it was. Kind of mid midish day, and it sounded like two baseball bats. Just somebody just cracked them together. Whoa, you know, where you just like kind of jumping. You're <laughs> yeah. like, what was that? And I'm looking around. And then you can just see that brown flashing through the timber. And uh-huh. holy cow, it was like just two huge bucks going to town. And it's so funny, because um, the the two. Cl- <laughs> Sorry about that. My microphone wasn't close enough to my mouth. I'm getting yelled at by Mark over here. Now it's yeah, too it's close. Like, oh, <laughs> You're turning your head. You're turning your head too much. You need to invest was... in four headsets and we'd be fine. We, we've already described the fact that Wired to Hunt is not doing very well because I buy Budweiser heavy to drink. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't expect me to afford four headsets. Uh, so that was, was a microphone gesture you were doing? Yeah, it oh, was. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay, I'm leaving. Uh. <laughs> That's how things work in Hollywood. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so, so right. talking to the mic. So right Ross. here. Yeah. Is that good? That's a little pretty bit good. farther away. There, no, closer. Oh, that's tough. Closer. 
Farther away. Closer. (laughs) (laughs) And suddenly not interested. Uh, Okay. Okay. Where were we? Kevin Vanderboom. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Whatever. They got in a fight. Yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Um, So, yeah. um, That was it for that year. And then the next year, got some pictures of him again, except for he didn't have those big splits. He just had a big flyer that was split. Off the left G2, and then he had like a nice inside point. In this year, he, he was bigger. He was more like a 150-inch frame with trash. And so I was getting pictures of him. And I'll just keep this story short because I can just talk forever. And no, then people would be bored with that. So, the story. No, so then um, I wasn't really getting too many pictures of him as much as last year, but then I had a picture on um, a little food plot, and I got a picture of him coming back into the into the farm that morning. And so I was like, what time shoot, is this? Um, this was November 7th or something like that, 7th. And so I, I got a picture of him coming into the farm. So I'm like, well, geez, he's got to be in the area. And chances are he's probably with the doe right now. So it was like a southwest wind. There's a really good doe bedding area in the back of the farm off a of bluff. Um, I have a stand set up in this tree. Uh, that's it's a good spot for it. Yeah, uh, stand in the tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Never mind. Uh, Sorry, I let me finish. Stand I in just the had tree to add something. <laughs> on an inside corner. Um, it's on the inside corner, downwind of this bedding area. And so, years past too, you know, you, you bucks will cruise the ridge that's right off the stand, and cruise obviously that doe bedding area. So I've been sitting there for quite a while, and then um, wasn't seeing too much to get the occasional like little dink cruising through. And then all of a sudden, I just heard that big, deep, guttural grunt that's just, like, unmistakable. You just know it's like that is a big buck. Can you yeah. do that? Because you're pretty good at making grunts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can do it on the spot. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, yeah. Nice. Good. Real good. So, <laughs> Some serious talent over there. Yeah, it's, 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 it's good. Hey, can you guys vouch for my that was bugle solid. I did yesterday? Yeah, why don't you give us a why don't I don't you give us I taste can, that? I think that would blow no, up the speakers. Seriously. Oh, my God. I will try it. I will try. I'm gonna pull the mic away from my mouth here. You're gonna bugle. I'm gonna do a bugle. Right. I'm just with no, just my mouth. All right. <laughs> here we go. The neighbors. <laughs> oh my gosh! That's some serious oh. talent there, man. That was wow. as good as it was last time. Wow. Wow. <laughs> okay. Continuing on. <laughs> I can't believe you did How much that. do you like, practice that at home? Like, what does Kylie say about that? That's how I, that's how I bring Kylie in at night to the bedroom. Yeah. That's why they had a child. <laughs> and so Everett was made. And that's how Everett came to be. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, jeez. Okay. This is your classic good. going really down right now. Your son will hear this podcast and... <laughs> Wow. Yep. That was great. Yeah. Yep. That's okay. Cool. So uh, back to whatever we're oh, talking man, about. You hear this grunt. Oh, yeah. You hear the grunt. Yeah. yeah. I heard that grunt down in the, the bottom, you know, and then I, I knew, okay, there's a big buck down there. But then I heard, like, he'd be chasing around, and then I heard some tending grunts. So I knew, okay, now there's there's a big buck with the doe down there. But I just could never get a, get a good look at him. It was just, like, flashes and this and that. And then he occasionally... Um, kind of worked his way away from me down the valley, and I could hear him just leaving. And I thought, okay, well, bummer, not going to really see what what that was. Um, great encounter, anyways. And then as the night went on, it was like that last thirty minutes, like sun's starting to set, starting to get less light. And then all of a sudden, I hear some footsteps, and I look, and here's a doe, and she's kind of coming towards me along the thick ridge. 
And then I heard that grunt again, that big, deep grunt. And I watched a little bit longer, and then I could see him, just see Rat coming through the thick stuff. And I'm going to interrupt real quick. There is nothing better than a deer that, that's dialed in on his doe. Yeah, you know I what agree. I mean? And he's yeah. grunting, you know, and you know that they're coming, cool. and he is just so occupied with her. You know nothing else in the world matters to him. That's I love that. And then you just pray that that doe's going to come by. Yeah, absolutely. There's no way you're going to bring him in, <laughs> yeah. right? You know, it's it's all up to her on which way she yeah. goes. But Yeah, I was in the right that's area. What, that's what we live for right there. I mean, yeah. you know. The... I was in the right area, but whether they came past right. the stand that day, yeah. it was just dependent on where she wanted to take him. Yeah. And he, she was, I mean, if anybody's ever seen a buck tending a doe like that, they move painstakingly slow. Like, mm-hmm. it is just slow. And the doe doesn't move much. She's just standing there most of the time. She'll browse a little bit. She'll lay down. And he'll usually give her some room. Um, unlike, you know, those younger bucks, like we see during the rut, like you'll see younger bucks, they'll be chasing does all over the place. Well, we don't see that with mature bucks as much because they're not stupid. And they know, like, they know not to push the doe around. Like, if yeah. they're on a hot doe, leave her alone. You'll, yeah. you'll the, breed her when she's ready. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so he's just... He's just sitting there behind her, like, you know, 10 yards, and they're just moving so slow that it's to the point where it's like, God, I don't know if I'm going to have enough time. I don't, like, they're going to get here, but it's going to be dark. And then, then I'm, I'm starting to think, how the heck am I going to get out of this tree stand? Huh. And, 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 and is it fair to say, Ross, that you are one to worry? No, about no, stuff. He stays. He stays no, no, extremely not, no, positive all the time. No, no. Were in you, situation, I was. I was. Were you, I was calm. Were yeah. you calm, cool, and collected? Yeah. Yeah. Good. You know, sometimes well, you get good. fired up. And most times. Not this time. Sometimes, yeah. No, I was. I was. I was good. All right. Good. I don't know. Nice. Nice. All right. Yeah. Sorry. I'm a killer. I'm a killer, Mark. You. You, <laughs> you are, are a killer. Um, you really sure. are. And then uh, I can vouch for that. <laughs> you get the job done. Well. Every year. Every I worry. I worry about where to sit. I don't yeah. really worry when the yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, perfect tree. So, yeah. So, so anyways, he's uh, she's standing there. She cuts across a little trail. There's an opening, but they're just, I don't know, they're just out of range for a comfortable shot. And she kind of worked her way parallel to me, and then she dropped down into another valley, kind of out of out of sight. So I thought, well, based on where she went, he's going to follow her. I'm not going to really get a shot. Um, awesome encounter. That was great. You know, I was just ready to end the night. Uh, you know, successful hunt, even though I didn't get something. So he followed her, did the same thing, what I expected. And he was just, the whole time he's just raking, raking brush. He's rubbing trees. It's just awesome. Just, just a great show. And I'm sitting in the tree and all of a sudden I hear like a little twig snap right next to me and that doe pops out and I look down. And I look at that doe, and I look up at him, and I'm like, holy shit, it's going to happen. <laughs> and I, I, that's what I said. I, I don't even think I said it in my... You I, said it I, I, loud. I, yes, I did. <laughs> I, I looked at that doe, I'm like, it's going to happen. Wow. And she was standing there. He turned and walked straight to me. He stopped at maybe like 20 yards. And at this point, he's facing me. So I'm watching him, and my eyes are going back and forth. I'm watching him. I'm watching her waiting for her to make a step to see if he moves and makes that make takes a turn um so she did take a step and she actually decided to go back the way she came and for her to st- come out where she was there was, there was no reason for her to do that like hmm. it made no sense i don't even know why she did that yeah but i'm glad she did yeah and so she made a move to go back and he like immediately did that spin to go back the way he came so he wasn't gonna like 
parallel to me and go broadside he just spun and at that time i knew like and that's one of those things probably just where we're experienced you just know what to do at that time because right. most people would have probably just he would have spun and they would have drew and then they would have never stopped him but i drew i like i'm pretty sure i, I don't even know what happened it was like, like a blur but you you draw and stop him at the same time and i stopped him just in time where where i could tuck it right behind his shoulder so he's quartering away really really strong but where I was comfortable and I could make a great shot, I hit him right behind the behind the back ribs, and that buck went down like less than five seconds. He was down. Wow! Wow! And yeah, that was awesome. that was an incredible hunt. It was awesome. And so so he talked about him a little, little more. I mean, he's got like an eight inch flyer, palmated. Yeah, thing I think I think it's like a shoot how long? I think it was seven. It was like seven inches, and then it forks. It's it's real thick. Yeah kind of webbed and then forks off it's a great really buck cool he's like deer. 19 inches wide did he lose Super. a little rack didn't he break off some smaller stuff yeah he did he had like a big curly kind of point he probably would have grossed 170 if he yeah. had that yeah huh. we busted that off which whatever but that's another thing about this buck he was kind of like he was a well i saw we like i mentioned before i saw him fighting kevin vandeboom <laughs> and uh Freaking the boom. and the other years he's always busted up so that was one of my fears like this year i was like if I'm gonna kill him, I gotta kill him early because he's yeah. gonna be busted up by November. Huh. You know. Fortunately, this year he just busted off that one point and kept everything else yeah. all intact. But, Incredible. Uh, but yeah, it was a great hunt. That's awesome. It was awesome. That is awesome. The best part was when I when I killed him. I knew he was down right away. You know, and I texted you guys at the group text. Or whatever, yeah, you were horrible. About I it. love doing that to you guys. <laughs> we and we really really get mad about it. You're the worst. <laughs> Because yeah. we've got. Would you leave everybody our, hanging? Oh yeah. yeah, I love doing that. I'm like, oh, just just shot Jim Leahy, you know, and then they're all like texting back and forth. Like, Pixar didn't happen. So we always say Pixar didn't happen. And then right. some some of the guys are like, who's Jim Leahy? And then they're sending pictures. Oh my god, you know, it's this one because we've been seeing pictures, but Dusty yeah. and, and Andy then I'm texting remember. back, man, guys, I don't know, it's gonna be a long night, you know, and stuff like yeah. that. And he, then, uh, you, yeah, you kept him on the hook all night. Oh, I love doing that. Oh, He's notorious. Man. Bad about Ross that. and I we we live closer, so I get some off the off the. You get the off the to the side text. text. Yeah, yeah, and you get I'm the like, top secret I go, I go, what the hell are you doing to those guys? Because I just wait till tomorrow. Don't say anything. I'm like, oh, well, well, you guys wanted pictures all the time, and I was by myself, and it was dark, and I couldn't take a decent picture. That's I, I always yeah, get a lousy the guy that, picture yeah, first, yeah. though. So I just yeah. took a picture of that flyer and I sent, sent it to that. him. I'm like, yeah. oh, buddy, yeah, yeah. awesome. That was awesome. That awesome is hunt. sweet. That was pretty incredible. Yeah, that was exciting. And then that, I think, if I remember right, you killed Jim Leahy. And then you text us about it that morning, and that was the morning that Furter killed his buck. Me and Furter were in Ohio. Oh yeah, I remember, yeah. I remember getting the text messages from you in the morning. Or did he his, kill him the same day? No. I think you killed your buck the night before, but you were telling us about him the next morning. Yeah, because oh. that's when you decided to tell people. Yeah. So you were texting us about Jim Leahy, and then I am seeing Furter's buck come running by me, and I'm like, oh Jesus, buck! And then yeah, that whole thing. Yeah, that was happened. a good couple days. It was. It was. Um, it was a good time. Yeah, it was awesome. All right, let's pause here real quick for a word from our partners at Whitetail Properties. This week with Whitetail Properties, we are joined by Rich Baugh, a land specialist out of southeastern Iowa. And Rich is going to be telling us about how he patterns mature bucks without educating them. So what I like to do is uh, figure out where a buck's living. And so during the late summer and early fall months, I'll run trail cameras around my farm, probably one for every 40 to 60 acres, and try to figure out where the different mature bucks are living. Um, you really have to keep an eye on that 
you know, once October and November get here because they, they often tend to disperse and, and move around a little bit, but, but I still use cameras and I, and I have them in areas where you know, I'm not going to disturb the deer to check them. One of the things, you know, that that's key to me is I just don't pressure deer in early, early October. I figure out where they're living, you know, where they feed and then really don't hunt them until the last week of October, first week of November, when I know they're going to be on their feet before dark and, and still on their feet after daylight. Otherwise, you know, you risk educating them and making them go nocturnal. If you'd like to learn more and to see the properties that Rich currently has listed for sale, visit whitetailproperties.com backslash baugh. That's B-A-U-G-H. So Ben had a great little story there. You had a great story there. Peter, what from this season do you want to talk about from your 2017 season? Is there anything that stood out? Yeah. Experience? Oh, yeah, some great experiences. Yeah. yeah. I, as a chiropractor, I we're very busy during no, I'm talking. I'm talking deer hunting. No, but I'm saying, <laughs> trying to, to, yeah. <laughs> With my I, had this one, I had this one. I don't. I don't. T- yeah, I don't take off a lot. I don't take off a lot of time. So, <laughs> tell them about uh, the plan for like next year in that public land spot. That'd be good. So we good thing to talk about years ago. I hunted the state land spot, and I could see this river bottom from where I was. And at about nine thirty, ten o'clock, a just a giant walked through there, and I put it in my you know put it in your mind, but you just don't think about why he's there at that time in the morning. So it was the last. Um, one of the last 80-degree days, like in the middle of October. So Ross and I went scouted down there for just to walk the property, this state land. We bumped a buck that went through the water and to the other side, so we decided to scout a little bit better, found some early season scrapes and some rubs. And I said, well, I'll just sit up in here, you know, tomorrow or the next weekend. And uh, lo and behold, it kind of rained, didn't it? I don't remember. Well, I set up on that deer. We it came back in. It was like a one one twenty. So we let him go, and um, but I wanted to be in a different spot from where I was. But when I got in there, it was pitch dark. So long story short, set up in a different tree than I wanted to. So I based on that experience years ago, I said I'm going to stay a little later because I think I stay till like nine thirty or ten, and I thought maybe something mature would come down, but the, we didn't know real. We didn't know why. I think because it was misting. At that time, yeah. yeah I go, well, sure. I just had that experience. Like, I'm going to test it. And it was raining, so I thought they might, misting, I thought they might freshen up the stuff. Sure enough, this monster, mass monster came down and just went to the one tree where I wanted to be by, freshened up that scrape, went right back into the and This timber. is on that public land. Yeah. So that's mass when you monster. Say, when you say a monster, what are you talking about? I, if it's an 8.0 or 140 all day, real thick. Wow. And then if it was a 10, it was a pretty good size. That's awesome. And yeah, and then um, so that way that that hunt I took the long way, and f- and then there's another way you can go just straight down a ridge, pair of waders, and be up on it. So I started doing that for the rest of the year, and moved in to where that deer was freshing up that scrape, and then uh, a different buck came in, equally as impressive. This one was, gosh, oh, that one that one that frame was, was a, you know 180 frame, but that thing was yeah yeah that was beautiful yeah, deer, so huge. He came in <laughs> kind of like you'd want a deer to come in, and um, just was a little too far up. So, but now, he, now you got a good spot for next year because yeah, you know, I, yeah, why th- the, now th- you know why the bucks are doing that, and you know where to be in yeah October. I think it's a. They talk about that primary scrape. I think it might be one, and it's a certain time frame. I think I hunted a little bit later, and it wasn't as good. So, hmm. yeah, 
So that's that. Uh, I'd say mid. Well, the first weekend was like twenty. 21st, early twenty first or something, and that's so. when that mass monster came. And then the next weekend, I went down there again in that big, big eight with the or big nine with a just a huge frame. Yeah. Is that the one that you had the similar situation to me, sort of, where you got caught off guard? A little bit. Yeah. If you want to dig a little deeper, we can do that. Um, Please. I was watching. Uh, we used to be able to hunt the private behind that. So I was watching this valley, and there's always deer in there. So I was kind of scoping scoping back there and it's it's probably 7 30 quarter to eight you know prime time so i'm just watching back there because i did notice during another hunt that a deer did cross the water and it was buck so i'm like well, i'll just check what's going on and as i turn around with my binoculars in my hand that's when that that real nice second buck came through and i was not ready for him so yeah the shot would have been a f- my out of reach for me possibly but it was just nice to see so well, don't feel bad about getting caught off guard. Yeah. It happens, yeah. <laughs> happens to many of us in this uh-huh. room, yeah. <laughs> or at least one other person. So, yeah. We were talking about some other stuff the other night, Peter. I don't know if you want to talk about this or not, but some of the thoughts around uh, um, sure, yeah, just you know how to get more comfortable in those moments or some of the things that you're talking about wanting to work on this coming year. For me, it's got to be at the moment of right there. Like Corey talked to me about after because why – why at that time were you looking behind you with your binoculars when you, those deer were out of your reach anyways? I mean, he goes, at that time, quarter to eight or seven, just as it's gray light to gray light to whenever, my bow is in my hand ready. He goes, they're going to come in like ghosts in the darkness, you know, and just be ready. So You ever seen that movie? Oh, it's lovely. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good movie. Good movie. You ever seen that, Ross? Yeah. Negative. Ghost in the darkness. I, I can't stay up through any movies, even if it's this like Rambo at four o'clock in the afternoon. I I, this one I'm narcoleptic. I'll, I'll check it out. What is it? You got Val Kilmer, <laughs> and you got Michael. Awesome. Michael, uh, not Michael Jackson. Michael. Michael, not Michael Jordan. Not Michael oh. Keaton. Not Michael Jordan. Douglas. Michael Douglas. Thank you. Yeah. Michael Douglas. And he plays Remington. Yeah, Remington. Which is cool. Val Kilmer. Okay. And basically, this is talking about the man-eating lions. I think it's the man-eaters of Savo. Yeah, and there they're in this, the Chicago Museum. They're in the Chicago Museum of Natural yeah. History, yeah. and there was this railroad trying to be built through Africa. I'm not, I, I don't remember. Yeah, all and the they details. were stuck at a bridge point trying to get the bridge mm-hmm. built. And okay. these two lions killed, I don't remember what the number, an astronomical number of people. 20s, 30s. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. so the movie talks about this whole situation. They ended up bringing a professional hunter in to try to kill these man eaters and. Yeah. It's intense. Check it out. So the ghosts so, in the darkness are what Peter's trying to prepare for. Yes. Uh, traditionally, I could you imagine sitting in next to a tree with man-eating lions? No, walking around. Could no, you no. be prepared for that moment? I have enough gunpowder at home. That's for sure. My dad was <laughs> Pistol boy. Pete. So, but uh, so sorry. Yes, continue. No, <laughs> uh, it, it's it's been my problem continually each year is the moment of truth, getting that shot. Or I can get on deer all day. I see a lot of deer, uh, so I'm fortunate that way. But moment of truth is just not something I've had a lot of practice with. So, and I think I think that it's it's something that a lot of people struggle with. Or, I, oh, or I will wait for that perfect shot. I mean, I think about how many times I've had good sized deer there, and I'm fairly picky too at times. But I'm like, that's ah, not. I'm not. I'm thinking, would have Corey a shot? Would Ross have shot? Most likely, but for me, it just didn't feel right. So I think Ross alluded to something too when when you were talking about you have so much experience in these moments when Jim Leahy started to do that turn. You've been through that before. You'd mm-hmm. seen that before. You knew, okay, I need to stop and draw and take that shot right now. And you knew, yeah, it was a fast moment, but you, you understood that you had the time, you were comfortable with that. 
But to well, Peter's point, yeah. if you hadn't been through that or if you hadn't, you know, mm-hmm. had been fortunate enough to kill a good number of deer and go through that, it's, it's a lot harder to handle those yeah. moments of truth. And that's why, and everyone's got to do their own thing. Yeah. But it, I, th- I do think it is helpful to when you're getting into hunting to kill some does, to kill some younger bucks, to, to take it in one step up the ladder at a time. At least that's what worked well for me. Um, but I know you're, you're figuring out your own kind of yeah. path too. Well, the year I did shoot that decent buck up in the same same vicinity, mm-hmm. I remember I went in, I go 130 or better, and I saw it come in, never looked at the head again. And unfortunately, the shot wasn't true. Uh, and we, I did see the buck the next day. He ran off with an arrow in him. But, um, so it can work for me. It's just a matter of making it work for me. Can I psychoanalyze you? Please do. On the air? Yeah. So, so have you ever have you ever thought about changing your uh, what you want to shoot for your for your bow buck? Have for you some reason, I want it huge. You want it, Yeah, you've been very picky about that. And yeah. Why? Why is this? There's probably a little bit of anxiety about making the correct shot. Um, so you're killing you doesn't come easy to me. I don't right. think it comes easy for a lot of people. Right. But just for me, maybe not so much. Uh, maybe there's a little bit of that's my dad's buck. I never t- really talked about that before. What do you mean? He's yeah. passed, and he'll never get a chance. So I want that bow one to be just pretty special. Yeah, maybe that's unrealistic, but yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah, so interesting. Now, yeah. what about does? Have you changed your opinion a little bit? Do you want to shoot a doe? We talked about this a little bit. You've been reluctant to do that in the past. Um, I think if I get myself more dialed in, it m- might be something easier. I, I have a. I picked up a 20 acres in, uh, I can't really say the town, but um, just 20 acres in the outskirts of my town. And there's the, he's an 80-year-old man, and he's like, he doesn't understand this whole, it's substance. Let's shoot this deer for substance. And he goes, Peter, you're going to get a doe here. I'm like, so I could see that maybe happening now. That'd be cool. Yeah. That'd so, be cool. Yeah. There's nothing better I, than... I guess I, would, I always think there's a buck coming. Right. So why would I... I yeah. was worried that that, yeah. that one, well, the one time you do let the arrow fly and yeah. shoot that doe, then there's the, the big buck yeah. walking right behind her. Yeah, yeah. October one, go out there yeah. first day or October two or something. Yeah. On a, on a I spot. mean, I mentally got to decide that before I even go hunting. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. That's a that's yeah. a decision you got to yeah. make and plan for. Yeah. I'll tell you what, killing's heavy duty, man. It's a heavy deal. Well, I, you there, know, there's it, times I considered, should I just be a camera guy? Hey. You know. Uh, it's it's not uh i feel like uh boy this is such a complicated subject but i mean in in upper michigan i'm from i've shot shovel deer yeah small forkies and things and it never felt great but i've done it so you shoot them with a bow or, never or with bow. a gun and shooting them at close quarters you put an arrow through them is is a way more intimate if that's not even, i don't even know if that's the right word oh, but I think it's it a is. way yeah, more intimate right experience word. than than shooting them with a gun and and uh you know, I think all, I mean, most people that um, have any sort of, uh, I don't want to say moral compass, uh, boy, I could be pissing a lot of people off here, but it, killing is, is uh, uh, something that is a powerful moment. And, yeah. and, and it's surely, it, well, it's, it's obviously be, resonating Mark, with you. Yeah, you know? Mark and I talked, I, I live in the city, so I, <laughs> I shot my deer and I, I, was, I shoot in my backyard, but if my wrist flicks, my arrows in the neighbor's yard. I'm looking for. I'm like, well, this isn't good. Yeah, it's kind of selfish on my point to be doing that. So I, I don't make it a priority to get to a spot to shoot very often. So I'm I'm only shooting 20 yards in my yard or mm-hmm. whenever. And that's so, something you're so working on. Right? In reality, if you look at a hunter, I'm responsible for that shot. 
So if I'm going out there without a lot of the confidence, most confidence and, yeah. I just won't take it then. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to kill this thing, and this is going to yeah. be a if wild, it's thirty, wild like moment. that buck that came in, Corey Orozco to shot it was thirty five yards. It's beautiful. I wasn't ready because I wasn't looking. But if I would have been ready, would I have still taken a shot? Probably not. Yeah. 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 And there's some world class hunters that only take twenty five yard shots. Sure. Yeah. 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 So yeah, there's nothing wrong with having yeah. no. So and that's their their decision. So I learned mm-hmm. from them. I mean, that's what they do. Yeah, everyone's got to set whatever yeah. they're comfortable yeah. with. That's but I have a buddy who's right. an amazing shot in Upper Michigan. He knocked one down at 50 because he was comfortable because he shoots at 100. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He doesn't do it all the time, but no wind, conditions were right. Boom. Yeah. 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 So what's the goal for this year, Peter? Oh, we got to practice more. There you go. Yeah. But at the end of the 2018 season, when the season's done and you look back on it, okay, so one goal is that you want to have practiced more with your bow. Yeah. What other goals do you – and it could be a, a kill goal or it could be anything else. Or, or what, what would be your goals by the end of the season you hope uh, to accomplish? Let's see. Well, kill a deer. i got to make it just special for me. That's about it. Um, I've got properties where I've got big deer, and i got properties where I have decent deer. So just – I seem to have always waited for that big one and it does, if it doesn't happen. So it's maybe just get that 130 on the ground. I've got enough of those. 120. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So is is one is, is 130 what feels right? Like that's like for the special. Uh, 138. <laughs> I seem to find eight pointers. 138 on inches? Yeah. It'd be great. 138 inches or 130 inch eight pointers? Yeah. He's saying 130 inch eight pointers. 130 inch eight pointers. Okay. Or 140.10. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds terrible to put put these kind of unrealistic, or just to say that. Like, right. well, it has to be this. It could be just anything. But well, or does it come down to some? We some like me and Dan were talking I guess about this a few weeks ago. It's yeah. like you just have that feeling, like that. Oh, maybe that's it. Yeah. But maybe that kind of buck for you is what you have yeah. found gives you that oh factor. Yeah. And I think some of this is framed by where you live and hunt. You live and hunt in Iowa, where there are lots and lots and lots of big deer relative to a lot of other places. I think if you lived in Michigan or you lived mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania or you lived in wherever. And if you hadn't come out here and seen oh. and experienced all this, a uh, hundred. Well, take for example when you moved to Iowa when you first came out here, you were seeing <laughs> yeah. eighty-inch eight-pointers, and you were thrilled and yeah, off well, the wall, right? The first one twenty, I'm like, wow. And Ross is like, settle down. That's <laughs> right. That's a that's a basket. Ross, you stud over there. <laughs> <a> <laughs> no, no, no. I was no when we first came oh, out here. Terrible. I was shooting a lot of two-year-olds. Like yeah, yeah. itchy trick. Yeah, that was that was tough. Yeah. Everything looks big. Most likely, I should just shoot a deer to get it out. An eight, anything to get out of the system, to build the confidence. Absolutely, I, there's a lot of reality to that. And there's a and there's that's an admirable admirable thing, man. Yeah. Going out there and just in in taking an apple animal and being happy with it, yeah. regardless of what anybody else thinks. I mean, that's because muzzleloader. I, I killed a beautiful buck and shot right through the heart. Died within thirty feet, where he, thirty thirty yards where I shot him, and it was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I think I won't. The gun is less intimate. I mean, but it's more. It's a confidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, sure. I, and I, I, I would never want to try to impose on you. Yeah. Like, and I, I hope we're not doing that. No, now. but that's the biggest thing. Is your values are yours, mine are mine, yeah. and mine are great, and so are yours. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so if you if you want to hold out for a special buck, yeah. more power yeah. to you. Nothing wrong with that at all. But you know. But, but I can't. From a but, pragmatic I, but I. Standpoint, but seriously, I can't call myself a hunter. I am a. Guy goes out hunting. Well, does not kill. I'm not a killer. Maybe that's right. it. Yeah. And, and from a from a purely pragmatic pragmatic standpoint, though, yeah. simply from a what will help you 
be yeah. more successful as a hunter, killing more does or yeah. taking a first step and killing the first buck you get a chance there. So doing that a few times will help you in the future. I, mean, I know you know this. We've talked yeah. about it. Yeah, I mean, if it's, this isn't yeah. rocket science. Yeah. Um, but if there's nothing wrong with choosing not to do that, yeah. but it's something to consider. Like yeah. Ross said, those experiences are what help prepare you for the moment when you do have that special buck in front of you. It's a lot harder to, to do that in the very if if the very first buck you ever shoot with a bow is a 160-inch mega giant or something, that's a tough moment to handle the first time. Now I know you've shot other deer too, but No, I you know, we got the the story where last I think we shared it last podcast where yeah. that 158 pointer came in, jumped the fence, did everything, read the read the script. I shot a gangster style <laughs> because of <laughs> how I had to oh, and my wrist must have flicked at the last at the what release. is this wrist flicking thing you keep saying that you do well I do it I used to shoot my condo and I for some reason my like wrist would flick tar- target panic or something could be yeah, I, in um, your condo yeah you hit the wall yeah <laughs> my wife was not impressed <laughs> yeah I, yeah Ugh, there's one time I was, sh- I was shooting in the basement <laughs> of a place we were renting uh and I had the target set up, and the arrow went through the target, and it hit the water pipe. Oh, below the shutoff valve to eight units. Oh, no. Yeah. Talk about, so what hot. is that? Type, do you say type two or level two? Uh, usually type two. Is that type two fun? This, yeah, well, yeah. Like, it was <laughs> the most, it was a terrible experience at the time, but now it's hilarious <laughs> when I think about it. But, uh, yeah, water just, oh, it was just so much force coming out everywhere. I was filling up coolers <laughs> and running up to until like a plumber came. I can only imagine oh, what man. you were that was looking expensive. like at that moment. <laughs> Big mistake. So yeah, yeah, be careful when you're shooting in oh the house. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz even when you hit the target, it still can You should cause blind, problems. blind bail, man. Do you ever blind bail? Do you know what that is? I think there was a podcast. The guy talked. Was that We talked you, about with Levi. Just said 10 y- 10 yards or 5 yards and just boom uh, boom like boom. 3 yards. Yeah. No, just no, you're not going to miss. And you shoot with your eyes closed, and you get used to the, the release of the arrow, yeah. and you feel that arrow send, and 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 you don't you don't react to it; it just goes. And you do that with your eyes closed, and and you build confidence internally. You know. Yeah. I mean, oh, I agree. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Try. I that, think in some know. respects, I thought about this. Year. I go, maybe I should learn my. I know everything about scouting, hunting. I could relay a lot of stuff. When I get in a train, it's a little different. Then the textbook goes away, and you're like, how do you read this? So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. probably a good B on that stuff. A lot of other stuff, A. But knowing a bow and <laughs> probably a C. I don't, you know. Yeah, I think that. It just it, To me, it's a tool. I'll go grab it and use it. But how do I know it better? Yeah. How do I know what these, in, you know, some of the, how the setup is, how that works for you? I think that's a good idea. Yeah. And I think I think you sharing your experiences right here and your some of your struggles and your thoughts stuff. This is really helpful stuff for a lot of people. It's important oh, yeah. stuff to talk I mean, about because I think so absolutely. much so much of what you get in the hunting media today and sometimes we're guilty of this too. We've got the best deer hunters in the world on here who yeah. seem invincible and they're ice cold and oh my gosh, this guy kills a big he kills four big mature bucks every year. It can seem kind of daunting like how can I stack up to that? And it's important to remember that we're all just people. We all make mistakes, and each one of us are at a different place, and we have our own struggles and challenges. And I think hearing about stuff you're going through and the decisions and, and things I mean, you're trying you, to figure out. If that's, you look back to the old videos, I had a lot of deer in there, but never killed. Yeah. You've yeah. you've certainly seen a lot. You've had encounters, yeah. and you've had opportunities, yeah. and but it's not easy to take that final step. Yeah. 
well, we always talk about what you think about, you bring about. I never think about the kill part. I always thought about all the other stuff involved with hunting. Yeah, it's interesting. It is. You, you talk a lot about <laughs> one time we're, uh, <laughs> one <Okay>. time we <laughs> I tend to use humor to escape the reality of not shooting. One time uh, we we're, were down here shed hunting and we get into Peter's truck. And we hadn't been riding him. T- oh we had not gosh. been. Ri- <laughs> we hadn't been riding with him, so no one had been in his truck prior to this. So we hop into his car. And we turn the truck. So oh. my, I had my phone in my pocket. I was outside, and <laughs> in my circle, you record self affirmations. You hear so he's own- really big on self improvement, different okay. things like yeah. that. Yeah. So you tell yourself en- stuff enough, it's going to just implant in your subconscious, and it your body has nothing. Your mind will attract it to you. Sure. So the car comes on, and then hmm. on the speakers, really loud, says, Peter Lynch, you will gross X hundred thousand dollars a year, whatever it was. <laughs> Peter Lynch, you will do That's <laughs> He nice. was repeating these goals over and over. <laughs> and we just died. <laughs> That's funny. Did you achieve your goal? Yes, I have. a <laughs> boy. <laughs> Well, to yeah. your point though about my practice, my practice yes gets that income. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what I don't know what the yeah. dollar amount. Yeah, was. but yeah, yeah. Um, but to the point of visualization. But if you don't put that into your your hobby, it, yeah, it, it, it's not going to be the same. Yeah, yeah. Maybe like Ross, should. I know Ross. He, God, he manifests everything into his life because he Me. thinks about Corey. They all Corey thinks about is bucks. You saw that today. Yeah, he actually is a buck. He, he, he I think, <laughs> I think I saw him make a scrape. He yeah. Went, yeah, he was I, pissed. Pissed. I did see yeah. him piss on his back legs a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> kind of yeah. rubbed them together, looked back, <laughs> you know, and just carried on. Uh huh. Yeah, but you know, something I do to your point about um, handling that moment of the truth. I, I, I'm betting Ross, you probably do this. Maybe I think you've talked about it. Maybe you do too, Ben. But when I get into a tree stand, I get all set up. Once I'm all settled, then one of the very first things I do is I look at each one of my different shooting lanes or different places where a deer might be able to come through. And I imagine, okay, if there's a buck coming through here, and I, I visualize a buck coming through this way, I, visual, I actually will make sure I can draw back my bow. I visualize, hold my bow, draw it back. Okay, could I shoot there? Yep. Can I imagine I'm visualizing a deer come this direction? Okay, I imagine drawing back. Yep, I can get a shot there. I will do that in every different, every different way. So you think through what that scenario will look like. You're also seeing, can I maneuver? Can I get my arm drawn back? Can I do all these different things? If that happened, if that happened, if that happened. And I think that, that really helps yeah. me. Yeah. I remember as a kid when I'd shoot in the backyard in Upper Michigan, just with those basic bows, just you'd pull back, boom, let go. Mm-hmm. And remember the deer I we talked that deer I did shoot with the with the bow and it penetrated. And remember when I got up there, everything was perfect. That's the one where I said I'm going to get a 130. I saw the deer, I identified it was a shooter. I didn't look at it again. I actually had the camera perfect. Pulled back, and then when I got through the peep side, I'm like, where am I? Because huh. I couldn't identify where. I had to look away and come back again, and then that was it. Yeah, that's where it went a half inch high. Put that right in the shoulder blade, penetrated maybe an inch, two inches, and there yeah. lived. So, yeah, it's all those a thousand tiny little things in the last one second can go wrong, and it's mm-hmm. we've all been there, brother. Oh yeah, battling yeah. the yes, we ba- battling the the inner demons, and uh, if yeah. you want to, you know, if if it's important to you to work through them, it's it'll happen, you know. Yep. And so. Yeah, a- anyone that's listened to this podcast has heard that I've had plenty of my own struggles that way too. So yeah. Dan Johnson as well. We've all we all have absolutely all have. So, well, I-, I hope that we get you on here in the fall of 2018, Peter. 
sure. with your story of the successful hunt. Me and Corey always talk about, we talk about you a lot, you know, Peter. I know, I feel it. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we, we talk, you know what, when Peter does get that buck, it's going to probably be the biggest buck that any of us have ever killed. You it's probably gonna, will end up that first one's going to It's going to be that one in the public land that he was talking about, the big frame. Yeah, I'd like to see him again. Like 165 at J-Point or that, something. But then yeah. uh, that property, again, that little property had it's a 20, and it was pretty amazing. A lot of big deer ahead all year, and I didn't see too many during the, the hunting time frame, but I felt like a monster could come from this ridge through the paragraphs, through this little 20, to go somewhere else to check does. And and I had sat too long the day before. I was really extremely crabby. All day sit too early. I remember this. Yeah. You were crabby too. Yeah, I was like, oh, On next day I can, barely, I can barely sleep. And Ross texts me, let's get breakfast. I'm like, yes. <laughs> so as I'm walking yeah. back from my stand <laughs> yes. through this 20, and my truck is only 500 yards away, I can see it. And that's hard, to, you know, like, yeah, let's go. We can do it. There was a... 165 or 170 coming through the progress like I kind of thought would happen mm. and it didn't happen because you, you were already walking I was already walking to go get breakfast yeah sorry and about that yeah, yeah it's all right yeah, but you blame it all on Ross I, you know who knows if that deer would have came back by where I was but I think I could have saw him so that's something could have saw him and just let him go by me because I didn't shoot him <laughs> joking of course but joking of course yeah <laughs> All right, Peter. Yeah. Any final thoughts from you? Any final things you want to cover? No, I think we're good. Oh, well. Bigfoot. Why I love hunting Bigfoot, that's maybe for another time. You are a squatch believer, aren't you? It's just entertaining. Like, it's not, enter- a, not it's a believer. Entertaining to no, believe it's in. entertainment. Okay. Yeah. If you get lost on YouTube, go down a rabbit hole, like, oh, Bigfoot, let's check it out. And, <laughs> and you're listening to it. And squatch. Sure you're there. Okay. So, but Ross, why, Ross, well, made a, Ross made a butt grunt, and I made an elk bugle. I heard you can do a pretty good squatch call. <laughs> I don't know. You, come on, you, you've yeah, sent come us on, a you've sent us a video of you making a squatch call before. Yeah, <laughs> he's Ross is kind of an instigator. <laughs> Sounds like a World War Two air raid. That's siren. what he said. Yeah, yeah. come on. Well, sh- should I do it really loud? Yeah, sure. Why not? Just move the speakers away. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like kind of that guy that of the group that is the. You're good at it. Yeah. Embrace Thank it. you, Ross. Appreciate that. But you are you are the wild card of our group. Yeah, I am the wild card. When especially when Dan's not here. Yeah. You're the wild card. Ben, have you ever heard one of these before? Yeah. Never. I'm waiting. Oh, right. You're I ready. Can't wait. It's supposed to do sound I, like I a World War Two World War Two air raid siren. And we'll do it for your audience because this is what they're tuning in for. <laughs> 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 No, is that a male or female? Is it a mating call? <laughs> is that a moose? That's an alpha male because I did it. Oh, okay. It's an alpha squatch. Yeah. Alpha yeah. squatch. And then it's important to be doing gifting. I gifted a little bit of your property today, just so you know. <laughs> What's yeah. that mean? Uh, you know, Snickers and apples. Just leave them there. For, what, for squatch? Yeah. Yeah. What does this do for them? Keep them on the property. It, it just keeps them there. And yeah. Because they're no, kind of hostile, aren't they? Well, there was no tree breaking. Yeah. What, does that, so, what does that mean? <laughs> would you, if you ran into Squatch, would you mess with them or no, would, I would you leave. align with I them? I would leave. You would leave? They're dangerous. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Messing yeah. with I, them. I, I see, again, rabbit hole on YouTube where you just listen to stuff. I'm like, wow, this is, there's a whole world, subculture well, out there. Tell us what we need to watch out for. Yeah. All right. So, so let's say you're in said stand. All right. What? Stand. Said stand. 
the stand where you're hunting. You're in a stand. Okay, yes. Sorry. And we've all had this where the everything goes quiet, so there could be a predator nearby. But if there's – oh, gosh, I can't believe I'm putting myself out here like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, remember, hey, let it go, bro. Guy who, this is go to his chiropractic practice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit. Like with Ross. <laughs> but but uh, you know it's it's just purely entertainment and uh, so then the people say if you smell sewer next to you there's probably a Sasquatch running around trying to get you you're gonna get a whole new audience because there's you're gonna subtitle Sasquatch in the yeah, talking points and people are gonna tune into this we're gonna tag you're Sasquatch welcome. a lot in this uh, podcast yeah, you're welcome so yeah sorry continue and that's about it oh that was it no yeah. he, he smells sewer gas that's a problem right <laughs> yeah because he smelled atrocious so if it <laughs> So if you're uh, – the whole point of this is there's this uh, book called 411, David Polites Missing, and it kind of gets into this. So it's an interesting book about disappearances on <laughs> national parks. We're going down a different – we're going somewhere. <laughs> but this is it a – It really is interesting. We need to keep rolling. There's a lot more. Yeah. So it's just uh, – I Tree knocking. Yeah. Tree knocking. Well, you were knocking last week. I hang a, I hang with a weird crew here, Ben. <laughs> well, when it's snowing out and you're shed hunting, it's like, what else are we going to do? So, <laughs> what is tree knocking? Oh, gosh. That's when uh, we must have watched Bobo on Discovery. Uh-uh. Finding Bigfoot. Uh-uh. Where they hit a tree with a stick. I don't have and that's how, Is that how, how they, call them in? That's how they communicate with each other. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like... <laughs> Oh, gosh. SOS for Sasquatch. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like... Well, it's like a Sasquatch will say... I'm over here, and then it could be communicating to another Sasquatch over here <laughs> that there's these people. Many are there around. There's these people. Yeah, they, they, or there's this many that they have an intricate communication Sasquatch system. Sasquatch are like the geese. They have a sentinel who will sit high and watch everything and communicate to the others. And then they knock on trees. Yes. To let others know. Yeah. Oh, you must have been reading about this. No, I'm learning. No, you're kind of an inspiration here. Well. So I don't know. Yeah, we're got it. Wow. Well, right. Well, it's been nice. It's been, been nice knowing you, Mark. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me on the podcast again. <laughs> Till next year. Any any final thoughts, Peter? We'll we'll go around the around the horn here and wrap it no, up. No, I I just think uh, it's it's been a great day. Thank you for letting us walk the property. Appreciate welcome. it. Yeah. You're welcome, man. Yeah. Good time, yeah. Ross. Any thoughts? Uh, ben, thanks a lot. It was a it was a great time. Um, great people. Yeah, that was and pretty nice. Everybody, it's just awesome, and. uh it was just it was just super fun watching everybody get excited finding those sheds. Yeah. I kind of just hung back, watched everybody. It was it was awesome. And because uh, we're also pick up twenty. <laughs> if next I weekend. I wish that yeah. If, if I wasn't worried about finding sheds myself, what I should have been doing was like, I should have stood on a hill and just videotaped the whole thing and just seen uh, yeah that would everyone been great. scatter and all the excitement. <laughs> it and stuff. it was quite entertaining. That would have been great. Yeah. It was it was it was a great time. Shed hunting is just awesome because you, you know deer hunting a lot of times it's solo you know and and everybody kind of does their own thing but getting together shed hunting you can when else can you mess around in the woods like that with a group of people and have a good time and yeah for sure and uh have some good laughs and you don't get to really do that during deer season as much unless you have like a deer camp or something like that so so i always look forward to this time of year yeah we need a deer camp no, I'm really glad you guys came down. H- had an absolute blast. Mission accomplished today, right? Yeah. I mean, we we found some sheds, but more importantly, we had we had a ton of fun, and um, it was awesome getting to know you guys a little bit. Yeah. I've heard a lot of good things about you, so it was great to spend a day with you. And uh, you know, going back to shed rally, I mean, it's uh, 
pretty rewarding whenever you get some people out there that don't necessarily have any familiar familiarity with hunting or anything and and uh you can let them into our world a little bit and uh we need to do more of that is what it comes down to yeah right on and and, you know we're not going to get into this big i'm not going to get on this big pulpit or whatnot but uh it's a good thing to to introduce somebody to the outdoors and um you know hey we we did that today yeah shed hunting is a good way to do that absolutely just a fun excuse to walk in the woods and enjoy camaraderie and yeah have a good time yeah so we did it awesome well i'll just uh i'll end with a little plug for our buddy if you need a map for your property ben makes the best ones out there you do some awesome awesome work with huntera maps i love my maps i got them on the wall behind me so i sit there at the computer desk working and then i can spin around and look up there and daydream and think about where i'd rather be in a tree yeah um i sent one to my brother for christmas and he he hadn't heard of Hunter, and he's blown away. It's going to be on a, a picture frame, basically, in our house yeah, or his cool. cabin. Awesome. So, yeah, so he's pretty pumped. It's very cool. And yeah. as we alluded to earlier, the mobile map was a really was a really cool tool today too. So. Yeah, super useful. So yeah, glad you glad glad you guys like him. Yeah. yeah, keep up the good work, man. And where can we find that stuff online? Uh, Hunter.com. That's uh, that's where where we are. We got uh, we ramped up our our social media presence. We're doing a lot of. Uh, uh, a lot of posts with Instagram and Facebook, so look us up on there as well. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Thank Sweet. you. Looking Thank forward you. to this. Looking forward to Shed Rally 2019. Yeah. Peace. And that's a wrap, folks. Hope you uh, enjoyed this strange, wandering, bizarre conversation. Uh, we, we certainly enjoyed it, at least. So uh, just a final reminder, like I said at the very beginning, we've got the live podcast this Saturday, March 17th. 2018 really hope to see you guys there and uh, hope to share a a cold beverage with you as well uh, at the podcast or afterwards at the bha pint night it's going to be a lot of fun Uh, and then finally just want to say thank you to our partners for making all this possible so big thanks to sitka gear yeti coolers matthews archery maven optics whitetail institute of north america trophy ridge and huntera maps and finally thank you all for listening thanks for being with us thanks for tuning in and tagging along for all of our adventures over the years i appreciate it so much and until next time stay wired to hunt